Welcome to License to Talk Insurance, a podcast for independent insurance agents. Hello, my name is Amanda Yanis, and I am the Director of Marketing at Chicagoland SIA and one of your hosts for this podcast. Hi, I'm Kelsey Conklin-Ramsey. I'm the Director of Digital Strategy here at Chicagoland, and I'm your other host for this podcast. I just wanted to give a quick mention that I will be starting my maternity leave likely the end of this month. So Amanda will be having another co-host for the next two months until I return in January. So we'll we'll see how things go on my end if I am recording in January. But just a heads up that I'll be I'll be gone the next couple months. Yeah, we're gonna have I think a different uh, guest co-host each month. So that's kind of exciting. Get some new perspectives in here. Definitely, definitely. But this episode, Amanda, do you want to dive right in? Sure. So we're going to be talking today about logos. Specifically, we're going to talk about some design concepts and questions you need to ask yourself or maybe you can get your friends and family involved before you commit to your logo. So we're going to keep this pretty high level because there are millions of books, videos, essays, university level courses, I mean, people can get entire degrees in design, logos, and communication and branding. So we're going to try to keep this a little bit higher level just so that people have an idea of what they're getting into when they're thinking about their logo. So before you start thinking about your logo, though, there are some things, some groundwork that you need to already have in place about your company. For instance, you should know the name of your company. Uh, You should also have your mission, vision, and values sketched out, and you should know your target audience and demographics. Now, all of that plays into your branding, and what your logo is, is sort of the visual representation of your brand. And your brand, just for those who don't know, is how people feel about your company, what your company means to people. So the logo is going to play very strongly with your brand. So Amanda, I think a lot of folks, when they are just starting out, especially as an independent agency owner, they're obviously putting together a lot of these pieces, right? Your agency's name, mission, vision, value statements, et cetera. Why is it so important right off the bat to have your logo in addition to all of these different components of your business? You want to make sure that you have your logo pretty early on so that you have consistent visual branding across all of your pieces. So you want your website, your business cards, your letterhead, anything that people are going to be visually receiving from your company, you want it to be pretty consistent right from the get-go. So making sure that you have your logo, uh, which includes your colors, your font, everything that goes into a logo already established before you start making these touch points with clients. Just because if you do it later, they might not make that mental connection between your first contact and your second contact if your logo and branding has changed. Definitely. So when folks are thinking about, you know, what kind of logo that they want, can you walk through the different types of logos, Amanda? There are five basic types of logos. Uh, You have your wordmark logos, which is basically it's the name of your agency, but in some kind of stylized fonts or colors. A good example of this is Google, 
when we see Google, it's the entire word Google, the name of the company, but it's got a specific font face and usually they stick to the, the same color scheme. Though now that they are established, they are getting a little bit more playful with that, but their standard Google logo uh, is very strict. The next kind of logo is what we call a lettermark logo. And this is the initials or a single letter that represents your brand. Uh, a great example of this is IBM. Most people don't even know that IBM stands for International Business Machines because their lettermark logo has become so ingrained in their brand. The next kind of logo is an icon or symbol. And this is where it is a symbol or some kind of image that represents the brand. Apple is a great example of this. The stylized apple with the bite missing out of it. They no longer have the word apple anywhere. They just have the symbol of the apple. Uh, Nike is another great example of this with the Nike swoosh. We now know that that swoosh is Nike. Uh, the next one is a combination mark, which is a combination of a word mark or letter mark and an icon and symbol. McDonald's does a great job of this where they have the McDonald's name, but they also have those golden arches as part of their logo. A lot of companies opt for this. Uh, Conklin Insurance Agency uh, has our bird uh, with the, I believe it's a sun originally, uh, and then the word Conklin Insurance Agency. Next is an emblem logo. And this is sort of like a symbol or a badge kind of logo. Uh, Starbucks has this where they have their mermaid image. It's in a circular badge and the word Starbucks is also included in that circular badge design. And those are the five basic types. So would you say, Amanda, I know you, you mentioned the Conklin example, but would you say that most insurance agencies typically opt for, you know, option number four, which is the combination mark? Yes, the combination mark, I would say, is definitely the most popular for insurance agents and honestly for a lot of businesses. That makes sense. So I think when folks are considering knowing that most insurance agents opt for the combination mark, what, what do you recommend um, just knowing that a lot of folks in this industry aren't super creative like yourself, Amanda. So kind of how do you how do you recommend that they get started? Honestly, designing a logo can be a little bit arbitrary. Sort of think of like things that you like. Maybe look at other people's logos to get inspired. Obviously, don't copy somebody else's logo, but you can take inspiration from how other people have designed their logos. Another thing is to think about your personal brand. Uh, is there something in your personal brand or your history that aligns with how your company brand is going to be? Uh, a great example of this is Pierre, who we had on the podcast uh, last month, has a sort of a plant growing logo. And he took that inspiration from his uh, past as a master gardener. So that's sort of his personal brand and his company brand working together to come up with that logo. Uh, you can also do word associations. So if you can think of a symbol that aligns with a word that you want to associate with your brand, 
uh, popular choices are usually like a shield because a shield means like protect, guard, safe. These are all insurance things that we like to communicate. Uh, nature symbols uh, are also very common because of the peaceful, the peace of mind, the at ease, the tranquility, uh, because obviously that's what insurance provides people. You can also look for cultural significance. Uh, different cultures have different symbols that have different meanings. A great example of this is we often see bears used in logos. Uh, a bear can signify strength, courage, protection, patience. Uh, a dolphin often means peace, harmony, grace, and joy. Now, I'm not saying these animals are what you should use in your logo, but you kind of get the idea that different symbols can have different meaning to you. Another great thing to look at is where you're located. Is there a symbol that is connected to your geographic location? Well, we're located in the Midwest. So, you know, prairies, uh, grains, if you're out in those types of areas, if your city is known for something, uh, for instance, Naperville has that beautiful river walk. So if you wanted to incorporate a river into your logo, that could be an idea. It really is just what do you like and what does why do you like it? What does that mean to you? I think it's so important too, Amanda, is a lot of agency owners actually do outsource their logo creation, which is totally fine. Some folks decide that they want to do it themselves, some outsource. Um, and I think going into these conversations, even if you do decide to outsource, a lot of these questions should be answered ahead of time, just because you need to give some type of creative direction to the individual or company that you're using to create the logo. So all of these questions in terms of, you're exactly right, what, what is it that you like? How does this associate with your business? What do you want these, this logo to include to positively associate with your business? So I know we talked a bit about just the different components. How about we start talking a little bit about color? Because I think that's a that's a big one, too. Color is huge. A lot of people don't really think about how color impacts people. But color and emotion and feeling are intertwined in ways that we don't fully understand. Uh, colors can evoke emotions, it can evoke memories. They have such a power over people that you really should consider what color you want your logo to be because that is going to elicit a response from your audience. Now, there are a million colors. Literally, you can have different hues and tints and shades. So we're not going to get into what every single color means, but we can get into sort of what the nine main colors generally mean. And this doesn't mean that that is all they mean, but these are the generally accepted interpretations of these colors. So red is very aggressive. It's a very passionate color. It's very energetic and attention getting. Uh, it could also mean anger, love. There's a lot of very powerful emotion connected with red. Purple, on the other hand, it's a little bit more mysterious. It's got a lot of spirituality. It's also sophisticated. And it was a color that was uh, strongly associated with royalty. Blue 
generally evokes feelings of trust, dependability, security. It's a responsible color. This is why so many logos are blue is because that is a very common emotion that people want to associate, especially insurance agents, financial advisors, uh, anything really that's a professional tends to have a lot of blue. But that also means that blue is oversaturated in the marketplace. So you also want to think about differentiating your brand from other people's brands as well. So blue is great. I'm not saying don't use blue, but I'm also saying using something that isn't blue can also have its benefits. Green is associated with health. It's environmental. It also invokes feelings of serenity and prestige. It's connected with money. Money is green. Uh, so a lot of wealth companies will use green in their logo. Yellow, is honestly, it's not a very common color in logos, uh, but it does mean positivity. It's warm. It's creative. It's motivational. Orange, also not super popular, but maybe a little bit more popular than yellow. It's a fun color. It's playful. It's got a lot of vitality. Brown logos generally are simplistic, they're durable, they have a lot of connections to earth and nature. Uh, black is prestigious, timeless, sophisticated. And then white, uh, a lot of people know this, it means purity or clean. It's also very soft. So there's a lot of different ways to view colors. And you can use a combination of colors there are logos like the Google logo, for instance, has red, yellow, blue, and green in their logo. However, I do recommend that you try to limit yourself to one to two colors, uh, just because it can get a little bit complicated if you're adding too many colors to your logo when you're trying to design things in the future. Another thing to consider when you're looking at your colors is what your accent color is going to be. And an accent color, uh, usually it can be the same color as your logo, but it's usually uh, something that draws a little bit more attention because if your logo colors are what you're using in a lot of your design elements. So you want to have a color that's not used very often. It's just put in those strategic places to create that little bit of pop, that little bit of interest. Like on a website, uh, the call to action might have this accent color or an important word might have this accent color. Often these accent colors are the inverted or complementary color to the primary colors of your logo. So for Conklin Insurance Agency, we have a blue logo. And so our accent color is orange. We use a lot of orange for a call to action. So we use a lot of orange uh, in our designing, trying to get the attention drawn to certain words or certain parts of the, the web page or the PDF, whatever it happens to be. I think that's a good compromise too, Amanda, to your earlier point about blue being a pretty dominant color, especially in the financial services industry and in the insurance industry as well. So I think having an additional complementary color and an accent color can definitely help separate yourself because a lot of folks don't think to incorporate the light blue that we have for there, the blue that we have for the Conklin logo and orange, unless you think about, you know, University of Illinois or the Chicago Bears, right? Obviously very much so outside of our industry. 
and it doesn't have to be the complementary color. Red is definitely the number one accent color used because red evokes those strong emotions that we were talking about earlier. Definitely. And something too for independent agents to consider, and we touched on this just briefly earlier, is about you know your, your personal brand and then also who your target market is. So if you're considering using a color like blue, a very standard color, but you're looking to target, you know, some type of environmental industry, maybe you add in a green. So that could also be a good way to tie in your target audience, especially if you're more commercial lines focused, just so that you can associate your brand with that audience and with that group of people. Yeah, there's definitely ways to incorporate other colors into your designs to sort of evoke different emotions. It doesn't have to be in your logo, but your logo does tend to be more your default colors that you're going to be using throughout your branding. Definitely. So this this really ties in nicely kind of into our next topic, Amanda. Um, you know, how the logo will be used and in what different situations. Obviously, business cards, websites, et cetera. But what should independent agents be thinking about when they're using their logos? I once had a person who not only uh, is an accomplished communications and branding individual, but actually has designed curriculum at the collegiate level. Uh, and he told me the sign of a good logo is if you can turn it into a black and white logo and it still retains its impact. So I've always taken that to heart. So first, obviously, there's your full color logo, which this is going to be used on your website, anything that's full color printing. This is going to be your main look of your logo. But those aren't the only situations you're going to find yourself in. What if you're sending out a form for someone to complete and they don't have a color printer, so they print off the form, and now your logo is in grayscale. Is it still your logo? Does it still look good? These are things to think about because if you're using, even if you're using two different colors, and then when they become gray, if they become the same color, you could just end up with a blob. So you definitely want to be thinking about grayscale. You also want to reduce your logo down if you can to a single color. Uh, obviously, this is going to have some negative space. So it tends the negative space usually is white. So this is great because when you're thinking about putting your logo on maybe a pen or any other kind of small item that you might be giving away, this is going to be the most cost-effective way to have your logo printed on these items. A lot of these print shops We'll do one color at one price, two colors at another price, and then full color uh, at an exorbitant price. So I definitely would consider how your logo looks in a single color and talking if you're having it designed by somebody else, having them design it as a single color so you can get an idea of what that looks like. You also want to be able to put your logo on dark backgrounds and light backgrounds. This happens so often where you're like, well, I'm going to get a pen and it's going to be a blue pen, but I have a blue logo, which is why I wanted the blue pens because blue is my color, but I don't want to put blue logo on a blue pen. So now I'm putting a white logo on a blue pen. 
And then later you might be designing something uh, that you're going to put on, uh, I don't know, maybe a box of Kleenexes, those little ones that people put in their purses. Uh, now you're designing your logo on a white background. So the background of your logo is going to change depending on where you're using it and how you're using it. And this will also come up with things if you're doing postcards or printed PDFs or anything of that nature. When you're trying to design things, being able to put your logo on different backgrounds is huge because you don't want to have to have a box around your logo all the time so that you can keep it on a white background. Definitely, Amanda. And I think this is one thing too, when not, not every website vendor will be providing you with a logo. A lot of companies won't do that or they'll do it at added cost. So that's another basic thing to consider, especially when an independent agent is just starting out is what is my logo going to look like and how is that going to incorporate into my website and the color scheme of my website? So that's a, that's definitely a good thing to consider. So when we just talked a lot about colors and color schemes, what about typography? You know, the different fonts. And as we know, there's thousands, if not millions of different fonts out there. Um, what, what do you really recommend from this perspective? So generally there are four kinds of fonts. Uh, we're only going to talk about three of them because the fourth kind is the display font, which is usually reserved for things like billboards and large print projects. So when it comes to your logo, display fonts usually aren't where you want to go. Uh, the other remaining types are serif, sans serif, and script. Now a serif is going to be like your Times New Roman, where there's those extra little lines, almost like feet on letters, uh, where the sans serif would be like your Arial's or your Calibri's, uh, where it doesn't have those little extra bits. And then a script font is things that have flourishes. Uh, they look more like handwriting or they're very decorative. Those would be your script fonts. Now fonts have personality, just like colors, they do communicate something. So a serif font is very sophisticated. They tend to be timeless. They're also considered more traditional. And a sans serif is more casual. It's modern. It's direct. And then a script font is very fluid. It's a decorative. It's embellished. It's fancy. So we don't usually see a lot of script fonts in logos, mainly because they can be a little bit harder to read. And readability is very important. You don't want people trying to figure out what your logo says because they're going to lose attention and they're just not going to bother. So I do recommend either going with a serif or a sans serif font. And that can be just based on your personality. It can be based on how you want to present your brand. Uh, you can actually use a combination as well where you might have one word like... Conklin doesn't do this, but they could have, where the word Conklin in our logo could have been a sans serif font, and an insurance agency underneath Conklin uh, could have been a, a serif font. So you can use them in conjunction with each other, but it really kind of just depends on how you want to present your brand. Um, I don't recommend using more than two different fonts. Uh, my preferred usually is one font because it is little bit easier it's a little bit more direct it's a little bit more clear so you also want to take your font down to like a really small size when you're looking at it like a six point font 
uh, just to make sure that the readability is there, that it's not getting too squished together because you're going to get into things like, um, I don't want to get too deep into this, but turning or the space between your letters can also come into play. So you might have something that's really spaced out. You might have bold letters. You might have letters that are kind of narrowed and squished together or condensed. And when you make those smaller, they might become too condensed or they might become too narrow or the bold letters might blur together too much. So there's a lot of considerations there, but making it small and making it big just to make sure that it kind of holds that same uh, readability and same appeal is very important. Definitely. So even though there are lots of fonts to choose from, at least these three different types will help narrow down the, at least not genres, but styles that- It'll get you started. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) definitely. So we're almost at time, Amanda. Is there anything that you want to leave our listeners with? Yes. It's very important that once you have your logo design, before you commit 100%, so before you finalize it, before you start using it, whatever it is that makes it your logo, I would take a step back from it and look at it objectively. You know what you're trying to say, but the other people know what your logo is trying to say. A good test is usually to have your friends or family members uh, look at your logo and write down five words that come to mind when they see this logo. And then looking at those five words and being like, is this consistent with the brand? Is this what I'm trying to communicate? And if it's not, then that's not the logo for you, no matter how much you like it. And this happens a lot where you fall in love with something and you're like, yes, this is it. And then you show it to somebody else and they don't get it at all. Or their reaction to it is completely off from where you thought it would be. And that doesn't mean you can't use that logo, but you need to be aware that not everyone's going to have the same reaction and having a sort of a test bed of your friends and family is a very, very good idea. I think that's good advice, Amanda. All right. Well, thank you so much for providing your expertise, especially when it comes to logos. I know that's been a frequently asked question lately, especially with newer members. And I just want to thank everyone for your time for listening in on our podcast today. And I'll be joining back in after the new year. Yes. I'm going to miss you a lot, Kelsey. And thank you everyone for tuning in and I will see you next month.